Hello, and welcome to the Digital Health Leaders Podcast, where we bring the best of the best in digital health leadership to you. I'm Russ Branzell, President and CEO of the College of Healthcare Information Management Executives, or CHIME, and the host of this podcast. These are truly unprecedented times for our industry and our healthcare leaders. These leaders are doing everything they can to support our frontline caregivers and guide their organizations through some of the most tumultuous times in modern history. Today, we have one of those special leaders with us. Today, we truly have a pleasure to uh, welcome one of a, a great friend of mine, a dear friend of mine. Uh, you know him as uh, one of our prior board chairs of CHIME, uh, one of the best CIOs out in the industry who is constantly pushing us and making us think. He's a boot camp faculty member for CHIME and, and has really been an instrumental in the entire industry and innovation engagement. But uh, he truly got the recognition this year that he truly deserved, and that is he is the CIO of the year uh, for CHIME and for HIMSS uh, for this entire calendar year. And it is our absolute pleasure to welcome Mark Probst, the Vice President and Chief Information Officer at Intermountain Healthcare in Salt Lake City, Utah, to the program today. Welcome, Mark. Well, thank you, Russ. And uh, if you could see me, I'm blushing. But thank you. <laughs> Well, I, I have had the absolute pleasure, not just on a professional basis, uh, you know, peer to peer as I was a CIO, and then also as the CEO working for Mark as the chair of Chime, but also getting to travel with him and his, his wonderful, wonderful wife uh, around the globe. We've been to India and Israel and probably a few points in between along the way. And uh, Mark is an amazing human being, uh, not just a great professional, but just a great person as well. And so, Mark, obviously, the, the time we're in right now is, is quite testing for a lot of people. And so uh, I've been able to talk to people all around the country and now all around the globe. And so first and foremost, how are you? How's your family doing? How's your team doing, your organization uh, during these tough times? You know, amazingly well. Um, I count it as a huge blessing that we are where we are. I'm humbled by what people in uh, Daniel Barchi and others in New York City are doing and going through. Um, we haven't had that, we've prepared for that. So we had a tremendous amount of work in preparing for a similar situation. And, you know, um, hopefully we prepared for something that'll never happen. Our surge is still predicted to happen in the June area, but again, lots of good work by the community and flattening the curve, amazing work by our clinical teams and, uh, and I'm really proud of my IT team that, uh, you know, we've done things we never uh, envisioned doing, setting up curbside testing. Uh, we created a mobile test site. You remember our, our RV from Hims that we use? Well, that is now a mobile testing site that we're taking out to communities where there just isn't any infrastructure because there's so much rural in Utah. We've had a significant issue with the, the um, Native American population that it got into that population and kind of wreaked havoc. But again, net net of it is lots of good work, lots of important things happening. Um, and uh, I hope we never have to use everything that we've put together. Yeah, that's uh, congratulations on preparing. And, and we do hope and pray that you all are just the anomaly that nothing happens there. And so you know, you mentioned a lot of things you're working on and, and innovation and those things. And you, you've been recognized recently for that innovation 
as the, the CIO of the year. And uh, just maybe a little reflection, because there is a little rumor out there that maybe you're uh, actually going to pull the trigger on at least this phase of your career retirement as you move on to the next thing. So maybe just a little reflection on what you've seen occur over the period of time, not just recently, but really uh, over part of your career. <laughs> yeah, that could take a long time because I'm old. But the, um, you know, just, so I spent 23 years in professional services and it was in the healthcare industry. It was providing IT services from, you know, one of the big consulting firms or actually several of them that I worked for. And that since the time I came to Intermountain, which is 16 and a half years ago, um, the whole landscape has changed. Um, the, you know, when, when the uh, policy committee was formed to support meaningful use and, and uh, it, it, it was, um, one, it was an honor to work with federal government and the people that were there, and there's so many of them, I won't begin to name them, but, and, and understand what was happening from a policy level across the, uh, the country. That was, that was really interesting, but it actually made a much bigger change to our work in, as CIOs than I actually thought it was going to. You know, we, uh, uh, we inserted a huge amount of money into IT and data. And although it took a while to talk about things like standards and how those standards were needed, and that's kind of a passion of mine, as you know, Russ, but it, it, it actually really laid an amazing foundation for where we are today. I, mean, I can't even imagine what COVID would look like if we didn't have a lot of the technology and the investment that's been put into technology over the last 15 years. I've been here, what, 16 and a half years. And not just investment by healthcare systems like Intermountain Healthcare or Mayo or Cleveland or Johns Hopkins or you know, go through the, the litany, um, but the investment that the vendors that support us, the, you know, the partners that support us, that they put into it to put creativity into it. And, you know, Apple or Cerner or Epic, or, you know, again, there are so many we could go through, but the investment that they've put into it just made this current situation much more tolerable. And now we're seeing iPads hanging on the, the, the poles that we move in and out of the room so that we don't have to have people get exposed to the COVID uh, virus. We've got telehealth. Oh my gosh. You know, we can talk, we can spend quite a bit of time talking about that uh, and some of the innovations we did there. And I'm, I'm kind of proud of the early innovation we did around telehealth because it set us up for a lot of success that we're having today. The, you know, the whole thing around analytics and really analytics, you know, we did financial analytics 15, 16 years ago but the concept of real clinical data repositories and clinical analytics and best practice care and algorithms and now AI and the role they've all, that's all played in the current situation that we're in. I mean, it's changed so much. Um, and it's just been a wonder and an honor to be part of it. And, you know, uh, I appreciate your comments about what I've done in the area of innovation, but it, that innovations come from thousands of people. And some of it, you know, maybe we initiated the thinking here and maybe I had some involvement in that, 
But most of it was taking great ideas as we came together and talked about the needs and the things that we could do, and then just building upon those ideas. So it, it's been amazing. And yes, I am going to retire. Um, January, or I'm sorry, July 4th, Independence Day. And yes, there's some <laughs> synergy. There are some reason for that. Um, I'm going to be retiring from Intermountain Healthcare, but I have no intent on leaving the industry and not being you know, as involved as I possibly can be in the industry. So, Well, it's one of the legacies of China. We will never let you actually retire. That's just one of the golden rules of uh, being on the China board is you never actually get to retire. So it's interesting, you talked about some of the stuff that's there and we're, as we talk around the world now, it, it kind of blows the minds of these IT leaders. As you think about it, if you would have defined and, you know, pick Christmas time as an example and said, you know, in three months, almost everyone will be doing telemedicine, they'll be working from at home, all the stuff that you thought would take three to five to 10 years, you'll get done in three to five weeks. How, how does that kind of magnitude of change, how is something like that even possible? Even for a place like Intermountain with its famed low cost and high quality, how, how does something like that even occur? Well, I mean, it's certainly, um, it, it's everything that you just outlined. It's funny when this originally kicked off and you know, everyone started command centers and and uh, having weekly, or I'm sorry, twice a day command calls, we'd leave bridges open all day early on. I mean, it was insane. And the, the, the more operational parts of our organization, the clinicians and the, the finance and the operating areas, you know, they were really working hard to figure out how to do this. And, and it was probably like day three of our command center. I had my team together and our section together. And uh, I said, you know, this hasn't been that much different. We've done, we've done this. We've just called it implementing Cerner, or we've just called it putting in a new PAC system, or we've just called it getting a fully redundant network in place across our organization, because those things also had very intense timeframes and we were prepared. We, we knew how to do these things. And so it was, I think, much less of a burden on us and someplace where we could really help the organization as it moved forward. And, and we were prepared, you know, we knew how to use teams to communicate and bring things together. We'd been using WebEx because we've got 28, 29 facilities that we needed to bring together when we were doing these things all at the same time. So I, I felt like IT was very well prepared from a logistical, how do you do this kind of thing? It was still a ton of work and I, I think we're going to have some debts to pay post COVID um, because of the way we rolled out some of the technology that we're using. You know, we're going to, we're going to have to talk about things like security and tightening things back up uh, once we're post COVID, but it, 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 it was just inspiring. And everyone, it, another thing that happened, you know, decisions that would take three months to make. And that's a lot of the reason some of the things you talked about, you know, would take years to get done they were getting made in minutes. And with that, you know, we can roll the technology out. We can get people working from home. We can build up bigger citrus farms. You know, we can get the security in place. We can, we could provision about 3000 laptops in about four days um, as we needed to get people in the, in the home. We could do all that, but we need people to make decisions. 
that that's what they wanted to do, that we could expend the funds. And then, you know, we let our teams loose and they performed in amazing ways. Today's episode of the Digital Health Leaders Podcast was brought to you by our segment supporter, LK, your healthcare data plumbers. Learn more about LK at ELLKAY.com. Yeah, it was, it was funny. I was on a call the other day where, where I was kind of reversal here. I was actually being interviewed and they said, well, do you think in the future we'll always be able to make, be able to do work as fast as we can? I said, yes, if, if the bureaucracy of the health systems and the leaders work at the same pace they do today, we'll be able to move that fast in the future. But, you know, hopefully, hopefully that is the case, but we may not see that. So, yeah. And, and don't you think, Russ, some of that will stick? And I, I don't, I certainly can't believe everything will. And we certainly can't just spend money like we've done it because you know, we're going to, we're going to be in some financial pressure here uh, for the next year or two because of COVID. But I do think some of the good parts of what's happening will stick. So. Yeah, that's actually part of the, part of the thought that I was going to go with was how do we make this stick and actually maybe even improve? Because you know, I've, I've heard some of the stories of how people are doing telemedicine around the country, around the world, and probably not the most efficient. You use the word security issues as well. You know, we're going to have to make some of this stuff, go back a little bit, as you said, fix a few things. But how do we make this mindset, you know, of providing care in a much different way stick? Well, um, it's going to come from our clinicians and our business not, you know, we, we in IS, we need to be able to support what they'd like to do. We need to not just throw as many roadblocks in the way because, you know, we need security, but we need security at the right levels. We need compliance and we need compliance to be understood. And we may need to build some tools to help make sure that we have security and compliance, but we need to be the department of yes, we can get that done. Yes, but we've got to do these things not no unless you do these things um and i think our users appreciate that and i think they're getting used to it but i i mean i i can't believe there'll be many docs that are going to say no i don't want to be able to do video video visits anymore you've got to bring everyone in the office and i think they're seeing the power that's there and they're going to one they're going to continue to use it in the way it's being used not to the same level I mean, for instance, I had a dermatology appointment this week. It got canceled because, you know, you kind of have to be there face to face. So there's a lot of things that will happen in the traditional way. But I believe there'll be a lot that will now use this new capability that they've found to, to do it in the ways that are more efficient and effective. Uh, the other kind of cool thing is because they're doing it, because they're living it, you know, they're already giving us ideas on how to improve it. And they're going to look for ways to do it better and in different ways. I, I think we've only scratched the surface on some of these things like telehealth or digital health. Um, and now when you've got such a army of really bright people thinking about the art of the possible, um, you know, the checklist is going to get pretty, pretty, or the, the work list is going to get pretty big, pretty quick for, for CIOs and their teams because uh, uh, people are going to be asking for a lot of things and that's really good for the industry. You know, I found that interesting because one of the epiphanies of the last week was expecting in these tough financial times now and to come, you know, the thought process that in all probability, what we were going to see was 
things actually dry up from the spending. And, and just about every Chime member I've talked to has said, the projection forward is my plate's going to be not only full like always, it's going to be running over because now they're seeing the benefits of some of these things that were theory and now being able to really move forward. And that we may have to do it with a little less resources, but the plate's still going to stay as full as it always has. Oh, I, yeah, I, I agree with that. And the plate will get bigger. The, the one thing that I would, I won't caveat what you said, but maybe um, um, append to what you just said is we are going to have to pay attention to costs. I mean, the health industry, the healthcare industry is, is going to be, is hurt and will continue to be hurt for a while because of COVID. And, um, you know, not only will we need to be able to do all these things that we're going to be asked to have done, but we're going to have to do it at price points that we're not used to doing historically. And I, I think that opens the door for uh, more outsourcing discussions. I think that opens the door for um, more partnering, not just vendor type partners and health systems, but even health systems in a region saying, you know, look at this problem. We had to bind together to solve this problem. You know, Jim Turnbull up at the University of Utah, how do you and I, or our, both of us are retiring, so our replacements, how do they get together working with the HCA hospitals in town and really do a better job? Because costs are going to, I think it would be foolish for any of us to think that people are just going to write us a bigger check. They're going to ask us to do more with the resources that we have or possibly even fewer resources than we have, um, and at least financial resources. So it will be a, you know, it's going to be a big job, big deal, really cool time to be a CIO if you're, you know, younger than I am. Well, you know, you're, you're in probably the top physical shape of your life. I know that for a fact, talking to you quite frequently. So as you make this transition out of Intermountain, uh, you don't need to tell us where, but what piques your interest in what's next out in the world? Because I know you well enough that retirement is not even in your vocabulary transitioning out of one job into the next chapter of your life, I know is. So what's a little insight into what's next for Mark? Well, I'm kind of, a, there's a few opportunities out there. Um, I'm very excited by a local um, software company here in Salt Lake City that's, you know, it's growing and growing pretty rapidly. Um, I'm hopeful that I can help them and have been talking to them about doing that. There's another uh, health and this is all in healthcare. Another healthcare um, solution provider. They're in the New Jersey area. Really, I've worked with this team. They're amazing. Um, I'd love to do more with them, and I am talking to them about that. Um, there's professional service opportunities, but I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of leaning toward the the software solution side of things, and uh, how maybe some of my experience, some of the stuff you talked about, relative innovation, you know, can help move these pieces along. Um, so that's kind of where my head is right now, Russ. Well, it'll, it'll all have to come together in the next uh, about 60 days because that's what I have left. Well, and if we know you well enough, you'll, you'll come out on top no matter what you're doing. So you have served as, as a faculty member, a teacher, a mentor to many, including me, over many years. And, you know, you, you've given a lot of wisdom to a lot of people, but as, you, as you're getting ready to make this transition, what, what's some final wisdom from this as you transition in the next, what you want to leave your, your peers, your friends, 
uh, a lot of people that look up to you in the industry. Wow. You know, wisdom, <laughs> wisdom is a tough word because, um, you know, experience, I suppose, creates wisdom, not so much intelligence. Russ, I mean, the number one thing is going to sound like a comp out and then I'll follow it up with another one. But the number one thing would be, you know, get involved with your peers, get involved with um, the amazing talent that's out there through this COVID crisis. I have had, you know, several CIOs in the New York, uh, Boston, you know, Massachusetts area, other areas of the country, but those are really the hotspots, Chicago. And the fact that they are willing to share um, is so valuable. It, it just, you know, changed the way I looked at the problem and changed the kind of things that we would do about the problem. So number one is build that network and, you know, help it flourish. And you'd be surprised just how much each person has to offer to the conversation and, and enrich the conversation. So that would be my number one thing. And it's the only way I've been successful, Russ. It's people like you. It's people like all the, all the people I worked with at Chime and on the board. And every time I go to a Chime meeting and I, I meet with those people and it, 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 is, it is the secret sauce from my perspective of, of success. I think unique to this particular experience and it raised some, and it's just something we're starting to deal with now is document what you did. One I mentioned is so you can retroactively go back and fix the things that were broken. But more importantly, this isn't the last crisis we're going to have. In fact, we could have a mini crisis or even larger, you know, if this comes back in the fall, next winter or whatever, I pray it doesn't and hope it doesn't. But I think a, a really investing some time and money in, in, in documenting the things that we've done, the steps that we've taken, what's been successful, kind of going to what you said and how, how do we get some of this stuff to stick? We'll document it and then discuss it with the business. These are the things we did do that were successful and do we want to continue to have that success? So putting some energy and investment and really taking the wisdom that each one of us have gained and documenting, documenting it for our organization and how we would use that knowledge moving forward, I think would be incredibly important. But to me, it's all about others. I, I, you know, you got to have leadership as a CIO, you got to do, do certain things, but this is too big of a job. This is too big of a, the technology is too diverse. There's so many pieces to it that um, if you, you know, if you'll work with others, if you'll really uh, foster those, those relationships amongst your teams and amongst others, um, I think that's where people win. Well, Mark, uh, first, congratulations again on being named the uh, 2020 CIO of the year. But more importantly, thank you for everything you've done for Chime, for industry, for Intermountain, to the region you serve. Uh, and, and a special thank you, though, from all your friends, all your peers. Um, we wish you unbelievable Godspeed as you transition. Uh, you know me well enough to know I hate the word retirement, so I'm just going to keep using the word transition. Uh, and we just hope you absolutely enjoy this transitional time and uh, enjoy whatever's next step for you and Roxanne and the whole family. Thanks, Russ. You demand, and um, you know, let's get this COVID passed, and then let's go somewhere fun with Kathy and Roxanne. Absolutely, I look forward to it. 
We also want to thank all of you for listening to today's Digital Health Leaders podcast. As always, you can see, uh, listen to the program uh, by clicking on our website at chimecentral.org forward slash media for this and all of our other podcasts. Take care, stay home if you can, be safe, and God bless. Today's segment of the Digital Health Leaders podcast was brought to you by our supporter, LK.